you need internal audit, SOX, or IT audit support, contact Thomas Molinex at Revision Management Consulting. Based in Houston, Texas, his experts average 15 years experience in a variety of industries and business types. Contact Thomas today via Messenger here on LinkedIn or at Thomas at r-vmc.com. Again, that is Thomas at r-vmc.com. Hey, what's happening, guys? So that was a surprise, huh? I just put awesome. thank you in the box, Thomas. That's awesome. All right. So check this out, guys. Episode number 45 of the Friday Froster. You know, today you guys are about to just experience some wild stuff unlike anything we've ever seen. And again, I feel like I say this every week, but whoo. This one is wild and crazy, I think. You know what, though? Before we even get to Groundhog that. Day. Wait, when is Groundhog Day? I think this is Groundhog Day. This is oh. what these people do. Yeah, it's but the- I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like Robert can add some color on this one. It, what kills me is how, is it, anyway, we'll get into it. Oh, but wait, but wait, before we even get into that, have you guys heard the latest on the Tinder swindler? Mmm. Okay. My Valentine's flowers out. It's still Valentine's Day week. I can't believe that was this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was this week. Here's the update on the Tinder swindler, though, you guys. Apparently, he is planning to sell his cameos for $300. Now, if you don't know what cameo is, it's a website where celebrities go and they, they sell their services. So they'll record something for a friend, like a birthday wish or congratulations for a price. So he wants to sell his cameos for $300. That's not all, people. He's going to write a book. We're not done yet, though. He wants to star in his own dating show. And and we're not done. There's one more. He also wants to host a dating podcast. Oh, boy. What do you guys think about that? Well, he's going to swindle people out of more, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Kelly, have you had a chance to watch it yet? The Tinder Swindler? I know you've been super busy. No, I finished Inventing Anna, though. Oh, I'm, I'm in the middle of that one. Rob, you got to put Inventing Anna on your list. Yes. That one is good. Yeah. And I sent a link to Joe earlier. Um, let's see if I can get it. Um, the vegan Bernie Madoff Netflix is doing. What is um, the, the vegan? Yeah, she had like the most popular oops, restaurant in New York City for vegans. Oh. It's crazy. It's just crazy. So it's going to be on Netflix. I can't wait. And you know what? In the, just the little clip, she wears a lot of pink. And I have a whole story about her in one of my blog posts. Yeah, she got, it, it's it's pretty sad. It'll be interesting to see how they do the documentary. I mean. All I know is I did four hours of ethics this morning for the Jacksonville ACFE. And 
there is too much to talk about. That's how sad our world is today, that I did not have one bit of a trouble filling four hours. <laughs> I mean, I remember, I mean, a few years ago, I, you know, I was nervous about doing four years virtually and talking about all of this, but there is just so much. And as Kelly and I always say, Hollywood loves fraud. So there's always fun things to show, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've got some of our friends here today. Thomas is actually here and Thomas says he's glad to support us. And it's Clarence's favorite day of the week. So he is here and he says, hello to all of us. I've seen Heather in the comments. Now, Suzanne says it's getting better. Well, Suzanne, I meant the drama within the story, because <laughs> obviously that means it's getting worse, which means it's better for us because now we have more to entertain you guys with. Right. Okay. That was a little crazy. But did you follow that? <laughs> now, Thomas says he has no shame. And Susanna's just like, oh, boy, this is just crazy. And Heather says, no, thanks, jerk. But Hal, with always with the great comments, maybe he should run for president you know what though here's the thing i am going to you know you guys know i always have to say stuff that's a little controversial and sometimes it's what i believe sometimes it's not sometimes i just just thinking out loud right okay tender swindler he wants to do a dating show and he wants to have a uh dating podcast okay just Hear me out before you start sending the hate mail, because some people already have their fingers right there on the send button. But wouldn't he be the perfect person to host a dating podcast? Now, hear me out. Hear me out. We're told that when you date, you should date people because you like their personalities and you like who they are. You shouldn't be trying to date for superficial looks or for monetary gain. That's what we're told, right? So if that's why people actually date, and this man was able to date multiple women on multiple continents. And he was able to woo them. Then maybe he does know a thing or two about attracting women. Well, or it's, it's like a fraudster. Ahead. You learn from fraudsters. That's my whole point. Or the alternative is they simply wanted him for his money, too. And both parties were trying to defraud each other. Maybe they all just wanted to get famous. There's and, that too. I mean, because even those girls, you know, I mean, I, I mean, the the show is great, but you could just tell they loved it, right? They they were like out for the lifestyle of the rich and famous. This got them famous. They oh yeah. It. By the way, sorry for disappearing for a second. I had to get rid of the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I was so distracted. I never leave them in the room and they were back here doing something and I had to get rid of them. Anyway, sorry, I digress. But again, before you send me the hate mail, just think about this for a minute. This man was actually able to use Tinder to get multiple women to actually like him and his personality. Now, if he can use that power for good, maybe he can help some people. Although I doubt it if he can use it for good. Let me just say that. So, <laughs> man. I'm going to get some hate mail on that one. Alaba is here and he says one party will always be smarter. Now, Naisha is here and she says they start they, what? They, oh, that's right. They did start a GoFundMe. The ladies who lost their money. Yeah, they did. I forgot about that. Thank you, Naisha. 
All right, guys. I am sorry, but I do have other charities that I'd rather support. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel very sorry for victims of lots of things, but. I don't well, think no, 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 Joe. These aren't victims. They're strong and independent. They. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna get some hate mail today. Uh, I'm, I, it's just what it is, right? <laughs> love you or hate you. There's no money in the middle. <laughs> oh, oh that's good. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. There is no money in the middle. Uh, and actually, I'm thinking people are probably hating me right now. But I like to play devil's advocate. That's just what I do. I mean, somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> now, <laughs> Daniel Clark is here. Daniel, my man, Daniel says better. Perhaps he could do a podcast on multitasking, managing several relationships at one time as a plus. <laughs> Daniel says he's kidding, but that's actually a good idea. I mean. Oh, Dan, glad you could join us today. <laughs> okay, so today's story, though. Oh, my goodness. So today's story is the uh, utility and water company in a small town called Pritchard, Pritchard, Alabama. Pritchard is right outside of Mobile, Alabama. Now, Pritchard is about 15,000 people. The average income in Pritchard is about $20,000. Oddly enough, I used to live close to Pritchard and I'm very familiar with the town, so I'm not really surprised by today's story. But rather than us tell the story, we're going to let us, we're going to watch a movie, uh, a news clip movie. It is like a movie. Sorry. Oh, God, yes. We're going to watch a news clip because the clip is going to say it all. Um, so you guys will have to forgive me for one moment while I switch everything around here. Man, I'm getting pretty good at this thing, huh? You are. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I've done this appropriately to where... We can hear the volume on this because this thing is just crazy. But I just want you guys to understand it's a public utility. It's run by a board of, I think, about four or five people. It's in a small town, about 15,000 people. Average income in the town is really at the poverty level or a little bit lower than the poverty level. So listen to what this public utility did to its citizens. All right, here we go. On well, tonight's reality check, the allegations of corruption at Pritchard Waterworks and Sewer Board are not new. New tonight, Lanyap newspapers reporting online the accountant with the Pritchard Water Board said, quote, this is the biggest case of fraud I've ever seen, stating a forensic auditor needs to be brought in. The accountant said this fraud may be up to $2.5 million dating from the time Nia Bradley was hired until she resigned in April of 2021. A letter NBC 15 News obtained shows board chairman Russell Heidelberg was sounding the alarm to officials as far back as four years ago. NBC 15's Andrea Ramey joins us now. Andrea Russell complained then about misuse of funds. That's right, Greg and Kim. His letter is apparently addressed to the Alabama Ethics Commission, and in it he pleads for help. 
The letter is dated March 7, 2018. Russell Heidelberg, who was a Pritchard Water Board member then and is now the chairman, writes two former board members hired their friend Nia Bradley to manage the utility at $150,000 a year without advertising the position and gave her a car, credit card and phone. He states the board paid for her trip to Sandestin and expensive meals dining out, which he says was a quote, misuse of public funds and a clear demonstration of malfeasance in office. He accuses Bradley of nepotism for hiring her son, Anthony Bradley, as supervisor of customer service, making $60,000 a year, plus a car, credit card, and phone. Heidelberg also alleges cronyism, writing Bradley hired her friend, Carlos Butler, at $90,000 a year, plus a credit card, which the letter states he charged $157 for a romantic dinner at Felix's on Valentine's Day in 2018. Heidelberg says former board chairman Nathaniel Inge's friends Cordelia Leggett and Taisha Tucker were also hired. According to probate records, Inge married Tucker last year. Heidelberg is also troubled by a $5 million line of credit that he says was open without board discussion and other violations of the Open Meetings Act. He ends the letter pleading for help, writing it in all caps 11 times. This letter coming to light after leaked documents show current and former employees bought luxury items and went on lavish trips. Nearly $4 million in three years was racked up on Pritchard Water credit cards. The Attorney General's Office and Mobile County District Attorney are investigating allegations of corruption. The investigation by the board is not completed. The outside auditing entity that's doing it and the criminal investigations from wherever they're coming from is just now starting. So we are not done at all. A source sharing these documents with NBC 15 News Today, which say they show Bradley approving $1,500 in Pritchard Water funds, paying for a former employee's legal fees, which the employee was supposed to reimburse. Why action wasn't taken four years ago when Heidelberg raised these issues is unclear. The district attorney is expected to hold a press conference tomorrow to discuss this case. Case the Pritchard Water Board's next meeting is Monday night, the first time since these explosive allegations have come to light. All right. So <laughs> what do we think here, guys? Okay, first off, this is the largest municipal fraud. Does the guy live with his head in the beach or something? 2.4 million. I'm sorry, that's chump change. For municipal frauds, it's like chump change. They haven't heard of Rita Cronwell. There's the Roslyn School District. Like, I mean, I don't even think it's the largest municipal fraud in Alabama. I don't know. Rob, you live there. Mm. Do you think? It definitely is not the largest in Alabama. But what I will tell you is this is a town of about ten to 15,000 folks. That is a lot of money. And when you look at the story, too, there was so much more to it. So, OK, let me say a few things. Some of the places that they mentioned are kind of high end places like Sandestin, Florida, has really nice beachfront property and it's fairly expensive. Uh, Briquettes, the steakhouse they mentioned, mwah, it is excellent. I've been there before. Uh, it's, it's not like a Ruth Chris. It's not. The price tag is not necessarily top tier, but it is delicious. And Felix is right on the water. It's not a fancy place, but it's seafood and it's fresh seafood and it's really good food. So they were living large, you know, in, in, in the town. But the thing that really got me was um, 
they were charging, overcharging the citizens for their utility bills. Citizens were getting utility bills that were some on average about $2,000 a month because they weren't going out and reading the meters and they were just using estimates. And how could they have even been paying those? And what, I mean, I guess my biggest, like it just seemed so odd that they even had the money that she was spending. And they said it was up to almost $4 million in one of the articles. I mean, she put... 90 no what was it 175,000 or something no it was it was i mean the charges on her credit cards were insane and i know it's like kelly said it's groundhog day we've seen this but i just for such a small community i can't believe this went on for so long i can't believe there was even money for her to spend yeah so in april she spent $195,000 in one month on the credit card. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. On top of collecting her salary of about $12,000 a month. Well, the one ninety-five dollars is tax-free. <laughs> <laughs> and the, um, the one $17,000 purchase at Louis Vuitton or whatever that she put on her credit card. I mean, that, you know, every water board representative needs Louis Vuitton. So I put in the chat for you guys to listen to later. It's John Oliver. He did it. I don't. He did it in 2016, and he does it about special districts. And these water districts are special districts. My water district was embezzled, and then she committed suicide, and it started with an ethics complaint, apparently. And you know, no one likes the water district, but um, water districts have money because there's infrastructure, there's bonds, there's, and then you have people, one of my first cases at the sheriff's office was a smaller town outside of, you know, within the municipality, but like a little town, people go in and they pay their water bills in cash. And like, you know, the woman was like, okay, five for the water district, 20 for me, you know? So water districts, I mean, we all have to have water and I was just talking to my neighbor about our water district the other day. He didn't realize it had been ripped off years ago because he wasn't living there then. But um, he told me what his water bill was. And I know what my water bill is. I'm like calling my water district because mine is three times his. And we have two people in the house and he's got four. And I'm like, how, like, do I have a, my first thought is, do I have a leak? And my second thought is, shockingly, is there fraud? Yeah. That's not yeah. shocking at all. <laughs> all right. So this story gets even deeper though. So <laughs> okay. So now the 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 Pritchard Water Board is separate and independent. Like I said, it's a very small town, but it's right outside of Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, Alabama has the Mobile Area Water and Sewer System. The malls is what they call it. The people in Pritchard were extremely upset. And so they wanted Mars to take over. They wanted Mars to take over so bad that they put it on the ballot. So voters voted twice, once in 2012 and once in 2014. And they actually approved the referendums to dissolve the water district and have Mars take over. Now, the 2012 referendum was invalidated by the Alabama Supreme Court because they put the vote to the entire state. Um, and so they redid that. And just made it a part of a local election. And again, it was approved. Now, right before Mars was supposed to take over, 
the Pritchett County Water District struck a deal with um, another utility company for part of the utility for the water, I think, and not the electricity, I believe. Now, Mars and Mobile, they became upset because they said they wanted all. It's either all or nothing. And so the deal fell through and we still have the shenanigans going on. <sighs> yeah. I have a whole course coming out about embezzlement in water districts. It's huge. Everyone has everyone has to pay their water bill. That's a lot of money. So let's get to where Rob always goes with this, the lack of controls. <laughs> because one of the things that really struck me in the article, and I know any auditors on will, will just laugh at this, that um, they all had company credit cards, which I find crazy because even companies today are stringent with who gets a credit card, even big corporations with lots of money to spend. So clearly there's something wrong, whether that's a cultural thing in government, water districts or whatever, I think. Um, but, but even if you got a list as an auditor of all the credit cards, one of them was labeled ghost card. There you go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they might as well just call it fraudster card. I know you got like, I just was like, <sighs> I mean, they clearly, this woman, the manager, Nia, I mean, she must have thought she was invincible. I think that's why I, I get such a kick out of these stories, because I'm thinking she was so extravagant. There was no hiding anything. You know, we talk about, I just listened to Kelly's podcast uh, with um, Cheryl Overmill. I was going to say Cindy, doesn't that right? Cheryl Overmiller and about her embezzlement. And, you know, most people who embezzle the accountant or whoever it is, they hide it. You know, they, they try to cover their tracks. This was just blatant craziness. And I think that's to me, yes, it's Groundhog Day, but it's crazy Groundhog Day. This one was like full on, I have a ghost credit card. I'm buying Louis Vuitton with it. It's wide open for anyone to see. They said there was what, hundreds of thousands of credit card transactions. A water district and their employees should not be making hundreds of thousands of credit card transactions. I just, I'm just baffled by this one. Well, you got to think about this one though. There were absolutely no controls in that environment by design because she hired her son and then they hired another relative. And then two people that were working there actually got married. And when you look at the salaries that they were making with her at 140,000 and her son at 70,000 to do customer service, this was well above the average wages in that environment, you know, in, in that area as a whole. But look, let's run down the list, though. Let's check this out. So expenditures included approximately $140,000 for travel. Hal asked if she went to Disney. I don't know. They didn't say Hal, but I bet she did. No, um, $38,000 on Mardi Gras supplies, $248,000 to a business called Unlimited Auto, which one of them actually owned that business. Um, $16,000 spent on Louis Vuitton, which is actually cheap for Louis Vuitton, right? More than $15,000 was spent on, get, get this one now, you guys. More than 15000 was spent on uh, um, color cosmetic contact lenses. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. It's great. 
I'm going to show up in blue with blue eyes next week, guys. <laughs> I'm going to do like one blue and one brown. You know, just mix it up, throw people off a little bit. Yeah, like yeah. Which are you gonna defraud, perpetrate fraud from to get that? On my water district. Oh my water. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> now Thomas said our field guys can't do their job without a company credit card is the most common response that he gets when he tells clients to cut the credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. So and I Heather did a um I did a presentation for Incorsa and um, there's some company that sponsors it and I, I'm spacing it. I'll think of it, but like they have credit cards that have, or they, they're more like cash management cards. So like if you, for example, Thomas, like, you know, our field guys can't do it. Well, okay. You can limit it to a certain amount per month. You can, you know, when I was at Nike, we had certain what did MCRs that just nixed. Like there are ways to like lock it down, but mm -hmm. I can imagine they're like, oh, that takes some work to lock it down. We don't really know. That's when data data analytics comes in. Like, let's look at where we spend. Well, like Robert said, clearly this was like a free for all environment. So there was there was none of that gonna happen here. But I love that idea, Kelly. I mean that's. That's that's the answer, right? And Thomas probably already suggests something like that if it's a must-have. But there's so many ways to control that stuff now. But did you guys hear what her attorney said? <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> so her attorney said that some of those expenses they know are legitimate because she was supposed to be paid a bonus and the money wasn't available to pay the bonuses with, so they told her she could take it on the card. So I guess the same money that they used to pay off the credit card bill couldn't have been the same money that they used to pay a bonus. But also, since when do people with public utilities get bonuses? Like, that's pretty much frowned upon in the public sector. Just, you know. I thought that was interesting, too. It was such a... I mean, that's the rationalization we hear from fraudsters, right, is I should have been paid more or I didn't get paid enough. And that's why they start stealing. That's the rationalization. Uh, but the fact that somebody gave her permission to do all this for her bonus spending, I, it just blew well, And you know what? I hate to say it. This goes to the board. It goes to the commissioners. This is Scott Galloway's like, you know, if the board's just going to be freaking asleep at the wheel. And they're, they're like, oh, well, we have insurance that would cover our liability. Not when you are intentionally not paying attention. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Intentionally not paying attention. Oh, that makes perfect sense because you bring up a really good point. So they actually said we have insurance. Like you just said, here's the thing. Your board member just wrote the commission on ethics and spelled help in capital letters 11 times which shows that you knew what was happening. If I were your insurance company, I would say negligence because you knew what was going on and you didn't do anything because you were the top tier governance structure in that organization. It just, the, the level, the lack of accountability that we allow to happen is just so sad. Now I get this board member wanted some help, 
but you have the power to fire these people. You are the board, the ultimate level of authority. So your insurance company, if they're smart and if they read the newspapers, they will deny your claims because you knew about it. That that becomes you knew well, about and it. When when my water district was ripped off, it was $202,000. And they're like, no worries, insurance covers it. And six months later, my rate went up. And I'm like, that's so disingenuous. I just literally, so disingenuous. When, And I know of another case right now where their litigation costs are like this. And the president said when staff was saying, well, who's paying all these litigation costs? Oh, it's insurance. And it's like, you can't just, insurance comes up for renewal if you can even get it. Yep. So it's just when people say insurance covers it, oh, so not right. Yeah, and I, I like uh, Robert's little soapbox about the board. And, you know, one letter with 11 helps in all caps, yes, that's great. And we're very sad that that didn't get attention, but that's all you did? Like that, I mean, why why didn't you go to the media? There are, what, Rob, how many, four media outlets that covered this story now? They could have covered it when you were writing that letter in 2018. What, you know, why do we wait so long? That's what kills me. And so it's like, we're going to continue to talk about how this guy is so great because he wrote this one letter in 2018. I'm with you, Rob. Like, why didn't you do anything else? That's, and, and to... Hal's question, the, the water district had, and I at least saw something about seven or eight different employees with big, with company cars, company credit cards, big spending. So this was all a bunch of collusion, right? Like the manager let them all get away with this. They're not going to say anything. They're all, you know, they're all in on it. They're all spending it. And one of the articles said a couple of them still work there. They do. I mean, that's just craziness. So the Democratic representative for the, the district uh, said that the problems with the Pritchard water uh, have been simmering for a long time. And he's quoted as saying, uh, she, uh, he, sorry, he's quoted as saying, as a kid, Pritchard water was always very expensive. I can remember my mother always dreading getting the water bill. This has been going on for a very long time. And so let's just go back to our audience for a minute. Gupta says resulting in a conflict of interest, isn't it? Yes, I'll say conflict of interest and just loss of morality. And when Hal was asking how many employees they had four, the four people that, no, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> the four people that were the subject of the investigation. Can uh, you imagine the employees though, that were trying to do their job and not yep. getting paid this? Like, yeah. You know, you're like the joke of the party. Like, and, and and people are probably now questioning you. Like, if you're just a meter reader or, well, clearly they didn't, you know, do the meter readers. But what if you are that and you show up at a party, your friends are going to go, so do you rip me off too? How much you rip me off, dude? Like, yep. it's, I can't imagine the the morale there. I mean, it's just like, it's it's like Dixon, Illinois with Rita Cronwell. The town really like was hurt by it. Yep. I'm trying to find Let me guess, they're going to hire McKinsey to audit them. <laughs> just kidding. I, I mean, they aren't going to hire McKinsey. They're probably going to do a big four though. Oh my goodness. Oh, they aren't going to do a big four. Not in that small town. Maybe they could call Thomas. 
to put in some really good controls. They have um, so they they have a couple of regional firms that they use for almost everything, and those regional firms get a lot of business. But when I say it, it's the truly the small town, small city environment where everyone knows everyone uh, and there's a lot of conflict of interest. Heck, just a few years ago, they had a conflict of interest for the um, housing board in uh, Mobile, Alabama, which is, again, like 20 miles away, if that. So it, it it's known to be a corrupt area. But I will say this, the magnitude of this is just far reaching because it shows a level of I don't give a charism because they just didn't care. I mean, she hired a son. She hired some other folks. The salaries were overinflated. They weren't even doing the job. So and that's the part that got me when her attorney said that, well, these were bonuses that she was supposed to get. They actually did it that they weren't reading the meters like they were supposed to. So you didn't even perform the bare minimum of the job. So how do you expect to get a bonus if that were the case? So that part doesn't make any sense. So you know that this is just false. Y'all know how I feel about when the attorneys get on and they start making up stuff that just makes absolutely no sense when you apply logic and reason to it. Your client didn't even perform the base job function, which was reading the meters and billing the customers correctly. So how are you going to tell us that lie? Let's be real about that. You're just lying. Sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. It's just one of those days. You like it when you go off on a tangent like that. <laughs> yeah. Think about it, though. Think about it. Logically speaking, how can you actually sit there on television, tell people that lie, and expect them to actually believe you when logically we know that two plus two does not equal five because that's what you're telling us? You didn't do the base job and you think that you deserve a bonus. No, that makes absolutely no sense. Maybe in a clown world it does. <laughs> No offense to clowns. Come on. <laughs> um, I was looking up a quote because I, I, I'm kind of behind this topic here now, but when we were talking about the employees and the other employees at the water district being a part of this environment, just trying to do their jobs, what Kelly said, I was like, ooh, there's a David Brooks quote that I, and I didn't want to get it wrong. Um, I put it in my book and I do it in some of my presentations. Never underestimate the power of the environment you work in to gradually transform who you are. Ooh. And every time I use that one, I get that reaction from the audience. And I'm like, they're like, say that again. What was that one again? And wow. it's become one of my favorites because that's the sad state of the world is that this woman you know, they all saw what she was doing and then they wanted to do it. And that changed probably who they were. And that that's that makes me sad. That's a sad ethics quote to me, but so true. Yeah. Yeah. So I jokingly put, was there any gambling? I don't think there was gambling, but oh my gosh. So I'm doing a presentation for IIA Global next week for their fraud retreat, the virtual one. And I have the best quote that came from Louis Anderson, who was a comedian in Vegas. And he says, for gambling, look at the house you live in and look at the casino's house. Who wins? Isn't that awesome? Ooh. That is a good one. <laughs> Yikes. So Thomas is requesting the quote again, Joe. Uh, who, who did it or who said it? David Brooks. Uh, uh, New York Times columnist. He wrote the book, The Road to Character. He wrote the book, Second Mountain. Um, you want the quote again, too? Never underestimate the power of the environment you work in 
to gradually transform who you are. And there we go. We have our clip for the week. (laughs) Christian Hunt on the Human Risk Podcast, his big thing is you put a good person in a bad environment, they they will go bad. Like, yeah. you know, there are some that won't who, who will have a few fun and walk away. But like mm-hmm. it's and you know what? You know what I hate is the boiling frog, you know, boiling frog syndrome. It's oh. not true. Mm-hmm. And actually, someone I really respect used the boiling frog syndrome. And I was like, um, it's disproven. Like, yeah, you know, it's not boiling frog. Yeah, huh? That's the think again, Adam Grant. That's what I love. Yeah, I love- he did it. And I was like, hmm. Adam, come on, the boiling frog. No, yeah, no. So now we've got some really good comments because Gupta said it's rightly said. It is just as difficult to detect an appointed official's dishonesty as it is to detect how much water the swimming fish drinks. And Dan is still here. He makes a very good point. He says, not sure that stronger controls are the answer. Controls in an unethical culture mean little. This is a great example of auditing character and culture, which no one wants auditors to do. Uh, Not just controls. Perhaps even the public conversation. Hold on one second, you you, you guys. Uh, Perhaps. Heck, I just lost it. Oh, perhaps even the public conversation should be all about character, not about lack of controls. Just a thought. Yeah. But again, people have known that this area has been corrupt for quite some time. I worked down in the area where this is. And let me just say my experience there was quite interesting, unreal things that I had never seen before in my life. And I've seen quite a bit in my years. So I'm not surprised by it. I even knew that it was corrupt because they would talk about it all the time. Yeah, I agree, though, Dan. It, it is, um, you know, I, I always explain the difference between ethics and fraud. And I know I've said it on this podcast before. You know, to me, ethics is the proactive thing we can help with. Fraud is the detective, investigative, after the fact thing. And that's why I teach ethics and not fraud. No offense to Kelly, because Kelly teaches fraud, right? I teach ethics, too. You do ethics too, yes. But that's, I think that's the difference, right? When somebody asks you, I mean, ethics, every fraud is unethical, but not all unethical behavior is fraud yet. And ethics is our opportunity to get in front of the problem. So it is ethics and culture conversations that we need to be having more than control conversations. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Well, and I think the interesting thing about this one though, is because the utility was so small, They didn't have like an audit function. I don't even think that the one in Mobile County uh, has an audit function. And Mobile is only a city of about 200,000, I believe. Also, what happens when your board is made up of citizens who aren't necessarily control and risk and fraud savvy, especially to the point where clearly the board does not understand its oversight responsibilities if he's mailing a letter to the Alabama Commission on Ethics and saying help when it's actually his job to make sure that that thing is straight. Now, the other thing too is, what does that also say about the Alabama Commission on Ethics if he mailed that letter to them in 2018? Right. Yeah, I thought the district attorney had an interesting cop-out statement on that, basically saying, yes, we got the letter. Yes, you know, we sent it on. We thought it was dealt with. Again, it was just like 
you know, this is not a one and done. This is a scream until it's fixed moment. And that's what kills me about this, right? Can that be a clip too, Robert? I like yeah, that. I was just thinking that when you said it, I was like, wait a minute, that was golden. And look, everybody in the audience agrees with you. Dan says he agrees with you 100%. And Alaba says Joe is on point. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. <laughs> Appreciate that. You know, the sad part is, though, a lot of times when we do this show, we like to say, here's some things that could have been put in place. Here are the recommendations. Whereas here, the recommendation is you got a clean freaking house because it's a cultural and ethical issue. I mean, like yeah. what? Yeah, but and but, you know, to the point that we were just talking about, I know we're a little bit over our normal time here, but um, going back to Cheryl Obermiller, who who had her embezzlement, she was on Kelly's podcast. Listen to that. Great Women in Fraud podcast, you guys. Two parts. Awesome. But um, she talks about she wasn't she didn't know any she's learned so much more from her embezzlement about running a business, yep. you know, and this is she wasn't an accountant. She small business owners are. And to your point, Robert, the board probably wasn't even in this small town. Certainly nobody in the water district has an accounting or controls background. But I hope that they take a note from Cheryl and learn from this and realize that you don't have to have that knowledge to make it better. So, you know, kind so, of culture aside, but everybody can learn these things. And I think Cheryl's the perfect example. Her construction business, they had to learn these type of controls. And she grew it more. She grew yeah. it more after that. And also like Dixon, Illinois with Rita Crunwell, they said like they're the city council, you know, one was like a high school shop teacher, like, they all did it in good spirit, but you can do it in good spirit, but you can't just be asleep at the wheels. Help yeah. is not a control. I like that. Oh, oh. That's a good hashtag, Hal. I might steal that. That is screaming help, <laughs> control, screaming help. <laughs> I love it. Oh, all right. Great conversation, guys. Yeah. And all right, guys. Yeah. Episode number 45 of <laughs> You guys crack us up. Like we I love to end my week with you guys on this show. It's so good. Rob is speechless. Yes. All right. It's time to start the weekend. All right, guys. Episode number 45. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to go get your CPEs, FridayFroster.com. Uh, they aren't free, but they are reasonably priced. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>